Welcome to episode 30 of Blue Jays Happy Hour. I'm Nick Ashbourne, joined as always by Andrew Stoden. We're coming to you after a you know particularly dispiriting Orioles loss. We will get to that. We will get to the Orioles, who seem to be a little bit of a different proposition than they've been in recent years. But as is tradition, we like to lead with the transactions that have happened. And, you know, you don't normally get many after the trade deadline, but the Blue Jays have added Jackie Bradley Jr., which is a player that seems like they've been kind of after on and off for a long time. Stoughton, how does the latest, uh, you know, tinkering strike you? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the get as many glove first uh, outfielders as you possibly can, I guess. Uh, the Jays are very clever. Obviously, they 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 didn't need to get too many uh, back end bullpen guys at the trade deadline. They they seem like they're they feel they're, that Yusei Kikuchi will figure it out, even though it's been four months of not figuring it out. Uh, what could go wrong? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> there there's some evidence that Bradley Jr. has a little bit more in his bat than Zimmer does. That's not me saying, "Hey guys, he's an underrated hitter and he's going to do something with the bat." I don't believe that to be the case. I just I'm just making a comment on how little Zimmer can do with the bat, which is uh, basically nothing. You know, Bradley will make a little bit of contact. You know, you heard talk of uh, you know a super outfield late in games with Bradley and uh, and Zimmer at the same time. I guess that would be kind of cool to see, sort of like some of the old Kansas City outfields that they used to run out there. At the same time, it, you know, it's pretty hard to be excited about this move. It is something that is happening while Zimmer, uh, not while Zimmer, while Springer's on the IR. I, I don't know. The idea of like, oh, you know, which one of them plays better, we'll go for with, with that. Like this is a mini, almost like a training camp competition, but in the middle of a wild card race is a little bit weird to me. I don't think you're going to really learn something about one player or the other over the next however long Springer is out. Yeah, I, you know, I bet if you ask Ross Atkins, he would tell you which one he prefers to have. Um, when Springer comes back, and they, they're probably pretty confident with that already, unless one of them were to get really hot. And to be honest, neither of them is going to get enough at-bats to indicate that they're really hot. So I don't know. It's it's something, but it's not much more than a literal something. Yeah, I think that's fair. It, it, it's it's a name that, like, you know, people are, oh, Jackie Bradley Jr. I mean, he's had a great career. Like, he's had a really, really good career. If you're If you're... If your top outfield prospect ends up having that career, that's a huge win. Like, uh, but yeah, he's like he's been terrible to play for two years. Uh, I had somebody arguing with me on Twitter, not like friendly, 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 friendly arguing, um, but it was like Bradley Zimmer hits the ball pretty hard. Had like a, a, a WRC plus in the eighties last year, which is like better than Bradley's done in the last couple of years. And was like, I think it's a clear win for for Zimmer. Uh, I don't know why JBJ is here at all. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I think the contact does matter, but also, yeah, they're both pretty fucking terrible. Like, there, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing exciting about either of them. Though, yeah, defensively, that would be a pretty good outfield, I suppose. Um, I think the worry is that, like, what does this say about where they think where they think Springer's at and. Uh, and and that that's obviously like that that's a player that can literally change your season. Um, I I don't know that it does. Like I don't think we should be reading it. I mean, every the vibes bad right now. I don't I don't want to put more negative energy out into the universe. But uh, but I, but you know, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that Springer is is more hurt than they've let on. I think that that's probably been the case throughout the year because he's obviously been in pain in the last couple of weeks, and that's more than that, uh, and that's why he ended up on the IL. Um, I I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say that something bad might be happening there because I think that it would be smart and sensible just to you know we had Otto Lopez on the on the roster and Matt Peacock in AAA like that's not really a huge a huge loss uh, and not, not like a huge, uh, you know, adding, adding a guy here makes some sense. You got a little extra cover. You are having this little training camp battle, as you say. Um, but yeah, it is pretty, it's, it's pretty nothing in the, in the grand scheme of, uh, of moves at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it goes to show they don't see any utility in having Otto Lopez up, which is a little bit surprising just because he's a bit of a different look than some of the other guys. And he has a little bit more positional versatility. They really don't have a lot of backup infielders right now. I know that Biggio can play some infield, obviously. 
And uh, Merrifield gives you options at second base as well. So it's not a crisis by any means, but they, you know, they're stacking a ton of outfielders on this roster. It, w- the cr- it wouldn't be the craziest idea to me that you would want an infielder at, at some point. Um, but, you know, clearly they don't think Lopez has anything to offer them because if they did, they wouldn't go to make this move. I, you know, if anything, this whole set of circumstances really goes to show the value of getting Merrifield. Like that was a move that I think both you and I were pretty kind of eh about. And I'm not saying that he's a huge difference maker, but you know, we both know that having Tapia out there in center is not an option. People like, we know that Zimmer can't hit, you know, Bradley jr. Can't hit either, but you know, this is the big move is really not the Bradley jr. Move. It's the Merrifield move. Yeah. I, I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it is very interesting to see how, you know, in a, uh, it, in an abstract way, like how the roster limits on pitchers is changing how teams value guys and value skill sets. Like, I mean, man, two Bradley Zimmers, two glove first center fielders on your uh, on your bench is it's just absurd. Uh, one or both of those roster spots would be a reliever if this was last year, um, but they can't do that. They can only carry thirteen pitchers, so. They're sort of limited. Uh, they're they're literally limited in what they could do there. So that that's so we get these. We get to have these little discussions instead of like, oh, which terrible reliever would we like to see, you know, thrown into the sun? Uh, now it's like, wow, there's a a bunch of like guys who can't hit and should never, should never taken it bad on the bench. Which which I don't know. Fair point. I think a lot of teams are probably uh, sorting out how to negotiate this new universe right because that was supposed to come in before 2020 obviously the pandemic happened and then 2021 they they didn't use the roster limits uh because you know everybody was coming off a half season and and and, and just for health reasons they're like no you can have more pitch and and now that it's finally in place after you know may or june or whatever it was this year um we're just now sort of seeing the consequences of what uh of what of what those rules you know are doing to teams and uh I don't know that it's fun, but like, it's just <laughs> well, something to talk about. I, I mean, I think it is good. Like, I, I think the limit on pitchers is good for the game. You know, it prevents over-specialization. In theory, it makes their, you know, fewer pitching moves in a game could speed things up. These, this is all on a very micro level. I don't expect yeah. it has a huge effect. But, like, if you ask me, am I for this? I would say yes. You know, the Blue Jays have shown is that they don't, they didn't invest in bench players in the offseason and they haven't really developed bench players. In, in this scenario, you could really justify having some of those sort of quad A bat guys around, like especially if you have some positional versatility in your starting players, which the Blue Jays do. And they generally have young guys. I know that there's been, you know, some people complaining about guys taking rest days, but by and large, it's a young lineup that doesn't have to do a bunch other than Springer when he's there. So, like, I don't know. They don't really have that guy right now in the minors. It's just sort of a bat you could bring up. You know, Spencer Horowitz is potentially becoming that guy, but it's tough. I mean, there's not – when the Blue Jays are healthy, for one, they have a really good lineup. There's not a lot of guys that you really do want to pinch hit for, possible exception of Santiago Espinal in certain spots and Biggio in certain spots. Um, But I I do think that this development – might create a scenario where teams are more likely to just have a guy on the bench who's sort of a bat. And the Blue Jays have gone in the exact opposite direction to a pretty hilarious extreme. But it's not like this is what everyone is doing. It's not like people are seeing what the Blue Jays are doing and be like, oh, this is the way to do four position players. <laughs> like what they're doing right now is is pretty silly, to be honest. Uh, I just don't think they have the horses. And I, horses is probably too strong a term. I just don't think they have any kind of decent bats sitting around that they could use like in the organization. I, I think that I, that's a great point though. On the other hand, it's also, this is the organization that is shifting in the outfield more than anybody else. And this is a, maybe, I don't know, maybe they, uh, maybe they have some galaxy brain thoughts about defense that we're not quite ready for. Uh, that's like, that maybe gives them way too much credit, but uh but it is, it's very, that, that sort of the way that folds into this double center fielder thing, who can't hit is, uh, is, is interesting to me. Uh, we'll see where it goes down the line. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine this will last for too long. I can't, you know, they, I, I feel like Bradley is, is like 
probably more of a Sergio Romo than uh, that than a Whit Merrifield, right? Like he's a guy who, you know, Romo came. It's like, oh, that's a name I recognize, and they're like, okay, we'll give you like a couple of innings, and th- th- that's about it. Like you're really gonna have to blow us away. Uh, I-, I wouldn't be surprised if Bradley was in was that guy, but also. I don't know. I would have thought Bradley Zimmer would have lost his roster spot a long time ago, and uh, and it has not happened as yet. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, Bradley Zimmer's season is pretty incredible. Like, just in terms of player usage, like you just don't see someone like he's like he's almost like the a, that guy back in the day who's just a pinch runner. Like he's ba- he does a little bit. He does a couple innings of defense most games, but it is wild to see a player hold down a roster spot for so long. And like you said. Bradley's probably the guy in line to get Romo'd. So Zimmer actually had, might have some some aspect of job security, which is a very weird thing to say about him. But again, they could go with either one. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, 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 like I say though, it is that it, it's just a function of the new rules and, and how you know how teams are responding to them, um, which is very interesting. Um, in in like yeah, in an abstract, completely unfun way. Yeah, I mean, abstract and unfun is a lot of what we do here. Uh, Before we get further into unfun, because there's a lot of sort of negative stuff to go into, uh, you know, we're going to get to Kikuchi, we're going to get to what's going on with the Orioles and the Blue Jays and the standings. I did want to touch on sort of the the one very positive thing that happened for the Blue Jays um, since we last talked, which is the the Whit Merrifield miracle run that may or may not have been a run the thing that i think is interesting about i mean first of all just it spawned this huge debate about the rules and you know rocco baldelli's press conference was pretty funny uh i still can't get used to baldelli as an like a middle-aged guy with a graying beard and stuff like in my mind he's still like the the hottest young prospect who's gonna bring the rays to relevance um, he was he was really good for a very very short period of time, um, but it was uh, it was interesting one to watch because in real time you know my thought was that yeah he was sort of blocking the plate but he was sort of catching the ball at the same time and like it was sort of like him putting his leg down to block was sort of in the action of him bringing the ball down to tag and I felt like the Blue Jays had no chance on that. Um, and on that uh, challenge in real time. And then you hear people talk about it and it's like, oh, like Gary Sanchez totally screwed this up. Like it's very clear he's in the lane. And uh, it, it is a weird one because last season we had the whole, the Blue Jays have missed the playoffs by one game and that could conceivably happen again, or they could miss the top wild card seed by one game. Like it is all extremely close. It is bunching up right now. And this weird play at the plate, I think, has a chance to be that semian throw, you know, easy throw to first base that got blown that cost the Blue Jays a game. Like, it could be the opposite of that. Like, if the Blue Jays make something <laughs> by one game, this could be the weird play we look back on. Is like, oh, man, Whit Merrifield somehow gets in b- because people hate Gary Sanchez. And, like, I, it clearly, you know, it's it's not like it was a – Rules violation, I think it was the sort of thing where by the letter of the law, the re- replay was correct, but it's not necessarily how it's being called generally. No, I, I yeah, I, I think that's right. It's it's very, I mean, I'm not a huge rules guy anyway, uh, just because I, like, I, my background is not from playing the game without, like, the, the, <laughs> I've watched a lot of games on TV. They always just explain the rules to you. You don't have to, like know them to argue with somebody about them like so i i I have no idea uh how this new rule works necessarily except for what you know as i know i don't know i know no more than anybody else uh about it it definitely did look weird it's i think that maybe you have to kind of get uh get out of your own mind as somebody who like watched baseball more than three four years ago where it's like or whenever i don't even know when they implemented the, the the posy rule or whatever we would call it um but it's yeah, it, it it definitely looked like a play I've seen a million times, and it's like, well, that shouldn't the, the you know that why are we overturning that? But the letter of the rule, I guess, I suspect you know obviously it needs to be followed. I don't suspect that it doesn't. Um, yeah, it was really weird. <laughs> it will, uh, I think I think you make a great point that that could be one that we end up looking back on as like uh, a bit of a gift. And uh, man, the Blue Jays need some gifts right now. I would say also so. Uh, 
This could be the, you know, the Chris Coughlin one too, like the <laughs> very sort of niche. And I, you know, Merrifield has potential to be more than a niche Blue Jays player, depending on his role next year, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it reminds me of that too. Like the very weird play at the plate with the player who's kind of like barely a Blue Jay, uh, which is sort of where Merrifield is at this point. I mean, he's vaccinated, so he's a full Blue Jay. That's um, he knows what it means to play for the Blue Jays. He's <laughs> the pride, the pride of Canada. He gets it, uh, and it, you know it shows up on plays like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I do, I, I do kind of have fun listening to some of the discourse. It ends up being like it, it brings sort of the old timers out of the cracks in the walls uh, oh. and gets people complaining about the state of the game. And I don't know, I like I've seen plenty of highlights and I've watched in real time. Like you said, anyone who's watched baseball for more than however many years, you know, like some of those plays of the plate are really exciting. And like, you know, you watch people get blown up and you're like, wow, that's cool. And baseball, uh, you know, it's no longer like that. But it's impossible to mount an intellectual argument for we should let these guys just slam into each other as hard as possible. Uh, like there. I, it's there's I don't know how you make that case other than being like it's cool and I like when they're tough like they it's it's so it was it's so dangerous it's kind of wild that it ever was that way uh, in a sense I think that it that leaving the game has not taken anything away from the game I don't think anyone's like man I if only there was some big railroads in this game like I just don't think people even <laughs> think about it anymore um, <laughs> but it was funny to hear some of those uh, old man takes. Anyway, yeah, it, 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 I mean, it, oh, like, of course, it's 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 good that they've moved off. You know, like the like literally the team that won the World Series in 2010 and in 2012 lost their best player in 2011 because of like the reason the Giants even year thing is a thing is because Posey wasn't there in 2011 because there's that he got blown up at the play. Like, and, and he, like that's an incredibly valuable player that's just not there. Because you didn't have a rule in place to be like, hey, don't fucking destroy this. <laughs> don't guy. do that. I mean, it's like, it's like no, the, the, that's a the, the purpose behind the rule is good. Yeah. And the Blue Jays, a disproportionate amount of their talent resides at catcher. So this uh, this rule benefits them over the course of the season beyond even this. Uh, I want to move on to the depressing stuff now. We've had enough fun. <laughs> I, I think I gotta gotta start with the Orioles. Because earlier in the season, there was that notion of, oh, wow, the Orioles are kind of better than expected. That's cute. And, you know, we were pretty dismissive of them. I think that us being that dismissive was relatively valid at the time. Like, I didn't feel like I was going out on a limb being like, ah, whatever, Orioles. Now, I'm not saying that this series should totally change our minds. It's two baseball games. We know how it works. The margins are thin. The margins were particularly thin. Uh, on Tuesday, it was a weird game with the rain delay. But is there is there truth to the idea that one, the rest of the Blue Jay season, which includes a lot of games against the Orioles, is going to be significantly more difficult than we thought it was, or B that like bigger picture, the Orioles are you know sort of arriving on the scene to be something in the near future in a way that we kind of thought, and eh, maybe 2024 we'll worry about this team. Um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe a little both. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. Like I, I I'm still I, like, we're getting, we're getting into the bad vibes here, which I guess we have to do. Uh, <laughs> you know, the like the Jays just are not teeing off on terrible starting pitchers. Uh, so I, I, and also like making Ryan Mountcastle look incredibly good and much better than he really is. So I, I don't know that we have like a full view of what the Orioles really are from watching the Jays versus the Orioles. I do think that it probably is. Of course, it's going to be more difficult. I wish they would have traded more guys at the trade deadline. Uh, it would have been nice to see them just completely like dump the whole roster and, and get everything they could for it. Uh, it's like, yeah, I could use more games against the stupid Red Sox than the Orioles at this point. Um, I'm still like, I, I, but also I'm like, uh, I, I feel that there, you know, teams will sometimes like, it's like the 20, the 2020 Jays. It's like, Oh, they, Oh, they, Oh, everything came together for them. I mean, I know that was such a weird season and there was expanded playoffs and they weren't really that good, but it was like, Oh, the, the, it worked for them that year, but they weren't quite ready to like have a linear move, uh, 
up the standings after that. You know, the the I can see the Orioles completely taking a, a, a step back next year because uh, I I don't know that enough talent is there. But there is obviously some talent there, and it's definitely not the hundred loss caliber team that it has been. Uh, really, really frustrating to watch uh, the Jays not be able to do anything against the against those pitchers, uh, and then get into the bullpen where the bullpen is pretty good. They, uh, they got Bautista coming out to the to, to Omar whistling from the wire, which is like cool as hell. Like man alive, uh, where has that kind of stuff been in baseball for the last like thirty years? Like just a slam dunk, real real great. Like everybody losing their shit because like, of course they are. Like a perfect like uh, mesh of uh, of pop culture and uh, baseball stuff, but. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not super. I'm not super worried about the Orioles, but also because I don't know because the Jays are going to make the playoffs anyway. So some of the bad, some of the bad vibes, some of the bad vibes are 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 bad. I would say so. Some of the bad vibes are neglecting to recognize that the Yankees have lost six or seven, and that baseball is hard. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I. I think that, I mean, one thing you touched on, which is 100% accurate, is that this team's starting pitching is absolute dog shit. Yeah. Like Jordan Lyles, Kyle Bradish, Dean Creamer, Spencer Watkins, like these guys suck. Like they're, they're, <laughs> they're like pretty shit. From, from, yeah, they're, they're and like the, the youngest man in that rotation is Kyle Bradish, who's just under 26, too. It's not like these are young guys with potential who are figuring it out. Um, like you might have been able to say about, say, a Detroit uh, rotation before everything kind of went to hell for them. Yeah, Like you said, the, the bullpen is is not bad. They've got some arms. And I think that they're putting together a position player core. Like Cedric Mullins isn't having his best year, but he's solid. Adley Rushman looks like a dude, like properly. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Santander is like a real guy too, I think. Austin Hayes is pretty good. You know, Mountcastle, I don't think really is anything, despite the fact uh, he is a huge something when he plays the Blue Jays, um, which is so frustrating to me because I, I've, I'm sure that I've said this before, but I absolutely hate when people quote player versus team stats, especially <laughs> if they are hitters. It doesn't make any sense. If you play a team over a course of years – you are playing, you are facing off against like, I don't know how many, I think I was looking at the stats with Mountcastle the other day. He's played something like 30 games against the Blue Jays. So like how many different pit Blue Jays pitchers has he faced? Probably total, probably close to 30, maybe some yeah. of the same starters and relievers. So it's like, it's not like the Blue Jays have this insane pitching philosophy where everyone pitches the same and somehow Mountcastle is, is perfectly aligned to just destroying this pitching. Like it can't be anything but small sample fuckery, like a, a little <laughs> bit, maybe a little bit of the ballparks involved, right? Like both uh, Camden, not Camden this year, uh, Camden in the past and Roger Center are good parks for right-handed power in theory. Maybe you could sell me an argument that he like sees the ball well at Roger Center or something because of the batter's eye. Like sometimes hitters have different preferences for that. But the idea that he's just going to kill like a pitcher, maybe I can buy that, right? Like maybe... Back and, and the Blue Jays have had success against Yarbrough lately, but a, a couple of years ago, you could have sold me like, oh, well, a le- you know, soft-tossing left-hander throws a bunch of change-ups and kind of challenges the edges of the zone against a lineup who doesn't have perfect patience. I could see that. But this one, I don't know. Like it, those, This one just strikes me as silly. But he's not – I don't know. He's, he, hits a, he hits for power, and he doesn't get on base, and he's a first baseman. Like He's not a big deal. No, I, I I completely agree. I, and also, like, sort of in that vein, like, I just like yeah, the vi- the vibes are bad. I just I I feel I see a lot of silly stuff about like where people have find ways to justify the the bad vibes that they feel. Which which you know there are I think tangible ones. I mean, Barrios needs to be better. Kikuchi was is not working out. Uh, the bullpen could be better. But I've I, like I've seen a lot of talk about like. Uh, they just—they're not winning. They're winning at home, but not on the road. And it's like, and that kind of falls into that as well. It's like that's—I don't know. The, the sport just is weird sometimes. I—I—I I, I don't think that—that that you have to worry about. I mean, you—you you don't want the Blue Jays to have to play on the road in a wild card series. You would prefer them to play at home, but I don't think that they're doomed because it's on the road. Because some, they have something in their the way they travel is uh, is is necessarily making them worse at baseball than they are when they're at the Rogers Center. I mean, 
you know, the, uh, Certain folks, I'm sure, in particular, would say, would say there could be reasons why playing at Rogers Center gives them an advantage. I think we've heard about that all year, but I don't know that that's, you know, apart from the Cardinals, I don't know that that's necessarily the thing. But yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly, especially on Mountcastle, which, it, you know, good for him. That, that, that stuff just happens. But I think trying to, like, figure out why something that's just so down to like chance and like a couple, you know, a couple inches here or there, uh, one hung breaking ball versus, you know, one ball that, that just gets out as opposed to like stays on the warning track. Like I, like there's an urge that people have, and I think it's human nature to like try to make sense of stuff like that. And, and uh, often so that they can point fingers about why, why, something bad that they are experiencing uh, has happened. Um, and I, I don't know that there's, I don't know that there's a lot of value in, in trying to do that. So yeah, I, I agree. Mountcastle uh, will look back in a few years and be like, Oh, remember when he killed the Jays for a bit? And then ultimately his numbers settled into like against the Jays. They're exactly the same as they are against everybody else. Yeah, I mean, the idea of shit just happens isn't ideal podcasting, but I do, you know, the Orioles went 23 and 8. Even a terrible team will, I'm not a stretch like that. Like, that clearly, you know, Rushman is a big part of that, for instance. Um, That's by like how good he is. He looks really good. Yeah, he's legit. Um, so it, it's not like they haven't become a better team, but like bad teams have good stretches. The Yankees since whatever people have been cherry picking the time, June 20th have been approximately a 500 team. Guess what? They're better than that. Like they're better than a team that, I mean, I know people don't want to hear that. And like, you could tell me an argument that the Yankees aren't as good as their overall record. I could be amenable to that argument, but the idea that you know, if a team is great, they're always going to be great. And like, if a team is bad, like they're only going to have bad stretches. It just over 162 game season. It does not work like that. Like the That's blue Jays yeah. <laughs> are kind of 500 over the last 30. Like they're better than that. The Yankees are better than they've shown the Orioles surprise. They're not this good. They're not like win close to 75% of your games. Good. Especially with the rotation they have. And, you know, the bottom third of their order is nothing to be excited about. The bullpen is good, but not crazy. Like, it's not this team because no team is that, right? Like, no team is winning close to 75% of their games because uh, that would make them one of the best teams of all time. And that clearly we can agree. If there's nothing we can agree on uh, in Blue Jays' world, we can agree on the fact that the 2022 Orioles are not one of the best teams ever assembled. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think so. So it... it it does suck because I understand like one of the reasons that people will listen to a podcast and want to read Blue Jays content and absorb that is because the theory is that people like you and I are providing answers and insight. And that is, yeah, that's what we do professionally. And I'd like to think at times we do a good job of that. But at other times, it's, you know, the most honest thing that we can tell you is this kind of stuff sort of just happens. And that is not satisfying to anyone, but that doesn't make it not true. I wholeheartedly agree to that as well. And, and, but also, like, I can't blame anybody for being like, I am not entertained by the Toronto Blue Jays right now. This sucks. Like, yeah, it's been, it's been weird. Uh, you know, the hitters need to do better uh, against these terrible pitchers in particular, but, like, just overall. Uh, it, it, but it is when people start parsing it out and being like, they've been bad except for this, these couple of stretches where they were really good and we thought that they were like going to win the World Series for like for like ten games because they won a great heater and it's like, well, no, but the uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, they've been good except for the times they've been bad. Also, like, yeah, it, it cuts that, both that, ways. The, and and I think you're right. Like the like like the Yankees, like and the, the records are the records, and and you know, and the, the the sample sizes are are growing pretty well right now. I don't, you know, I, obviously there's it's a little bit fuzzy. Uh, I, I I think the blue there's a world where the Blue Jays, there's a universe where the Blue Jays have a much better record than this. I think I think their true talent is better than 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 this, and it's so weird to to keep watching. You know the 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 failure to line up of like the bullpen and the and the hitting and the rotation, and it's like oh, the, the, it, it, but that's also just sort of how the sport works. And I wrote about this month, like a few months ago, but like 
I like I don't know. I don't want to be too glib about it because I know that like we especially have like sophisticated listeners who like understand the sport and stuff. But like I just like the tenor of like my my Twitter last night, which I oh man, I'm happy I didn't like wade into into any of that and start like throwing around takes. But because uh, nobody needs that, particularly me. But like uh, like I don't know that twenty if, if twenty fifteen like ruined a lot of people's brains for this stuff, but like, I don't know, like teams just don't go. I mean, yes, the Yankees did earlier this year, but like teams just don't go and look unstoppable. And like the lack of object permanence sometimes it happens every year. I shouldn't be surprised by it, but this year in particular has been like very, very noticeable how it's they're They're great when they win, they, they win and they look bad when they lose. And it's like, well, yeah, that's how the sport works. Yeah, the, some of those stupidest splits I've ever seen is pitchers in wins versus in losses. And, like, you can throw away wins and losses with, with starters anyway. But sometimes people are like, wow, in wins, this guy's got an ERA of, like, 213 when he's going. And in losses, it's 634. I'm like, yeah, when he's good, he's good. And when he's bad, he's bad. Uh, we have a caller, uh, Jonathan, which is a pleasant surprise on an, an odd schedule for us. So I think we should yeah. get that. Hell, yeah, we should. Andrew Nick, Jonathan, thanks so much, man. Andrew Nick, thanks for having me on. It's nice to nice to do this in the morning for a change here on the uh, on the West Coast. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, guys, been away, so I haven't been able to dial in. But um, I think there's a column out there for you about one of your big reads here, Andrew, about maybe this off season being a better pulse read on what this front office really is, because. Kind of like what you said, you know, 2015, maybe we were all expecting this all-in, balls-out deadline of big horses and all the rest. But, like, I keep thinking about Shapiro's comments, you know, things like waves of talent and uh, a repeatable um, contender, these kind of comments. And I think that, to me, when I saw those, when when I look at these pickups, it's, you know, working around the edges raising the floor, and I think it, it reminds me that this is an organization that treats the Cardinals and the Dodgers as what to emulate, not the Padres, right? Like, this is not a group that's going to go all in, and what they're going to do is ensure that they have a system that can keep the club always as a 85-93 to 93 win unit, for as long as possible. And that means a very different deadline uh, composition. Just just a thought, you know, something that I've been playing about, but I'm sure that you you could uh, riff on that. I, yeah, man, thanks. I think, I think that's really smart. I think that's, uh, I think that is, uh, that's good analysis. Yeah. Like the, they, they, they definitely don't view the, the Padres as the model, though we have seen the big splashes and we do know that they can, you know, and we see that with the Dodgers as well. We see that with the Cardinals as well. But, but yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a bit of a different thing. The the um, the stuff about sustainability, I, like, I, like yes, I get. Of course, they want that. But also, I think that sometimes it's this cover for, for like, we're not going to try as hard as we could in certain years, just because that's like I think, and also like every team is like, oh, we want to win sustainably. But I do think that we've seen. You know their words put into action as to like how they're trying to do this, uh, and yeah, they're yeah they're right. You're right. You're right. I mean, I, I don't know, it, it, but also I, I think to like where the payroll should be, uh, you can you can go you can go get a, a reliever and, and overpay them and not worry about it too much. You can, you're certainly doing it with starters, uh, so I don't know if the, I don't know if that they necessarily. You know, it's hard for it all to come together, right? But I don't know agreed. And you know, if 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 this is if this is gonna, shall we say, if this is gonna be the downfall, the bullpen, because right now it's looking like you know, over a over a three year period, if there was a narrative that unwrites the Jays, it'll be the bullpen. I mean, this is gonna. I think we'll remember this as as, as the way Tigers fans would remember Dombrowski years, right? Like top end talent in the rotation, top end hitters undone by the bullpen and the inability to get that big, big horse stick. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think you're totally right, man. I think you're totally right. And uh, I hope it doesn't happen. I don't think like, like that story's not written yet. And I feel like yeah. a lot of people are already trying to write that story. 
don't know, maybe Anthony Bass has some great games in October, but it is sort of hard to believe sometimes. Yeah, it's yeah, it's within the realm of possibility. A couple of things on <laughs> on that. I mean, sometimes one you see teams that have that. Like I, I think of the Nationals and their their championship. Like they struggled to have a bullpen forever until they did, right? Like and even and their additions. Like Daniel Hudson was the big guy that they brought in yeah. who made a huge difference. He's not someone who at the time you know we saw a lot of him uh, in Blue Jays world. Like he's not someone we would have considered to be like, oh, this is the guy who you want getting the final outs of a World Series. But he, you know, they identified him and his big fastball, and that was enough. And he, you know, they brought in some kind of modest guys, and the bullpen was, yeah, it worked. And that's probably closer to what the Blue Jays are going to have over the next couple of years is sort of hoping it comes together as opposed to having this insane array of arms unless some of their internal guys like Pearson ends up straightening out or Zuleta ends up being in the bullpen as a long-term piece. Like it's hard to imagine them having that, you know, prime Yankees bullpen. The thing about waves of talent I think is interesting is that we need to acknowledge that not all waves are created equal, right? Like you, I know that you get Moreno as a top prospect, right? But it's very unusual for, to have like a top, top prospect so quickly after having Vladdy, for instance, like this, Vladdy, Bo, you know, Kirk, to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a little, you could throw Biggio Jansen in there and Manoa, like you don't get a wave like that very often. And the chances of their kind of next group of guys, they graduate, whether that is Moreno, Tiedemann, um, you know, Martinez, depending on who gets hot and down there and who kind of breaks out the chance of that group being as good as the group of young players. They've recently graduated over the last three, four years is almost nothing. So the lip service paid to sustainability, it, I understand why it's important. They're going to cultivate the farm system, and that's how you get cheap talent, and then that's how you go out and get George Springer and free agency and all that kind of stuff. But there also needs to be an acknowledgement that the group, the wave that we're cresting right now is a very special opportunity. It's like getting a in the NFL, getting an amazing quarterback on a rookie contract. Like normally they're costing $40 million, and you have a guy – who's like less than 10 million that changes how you can build your whole team. And that's what happened with the blue Jays with these guys being super cheap and incredible contributors. They're able to get some of the guys, but eventually you're going to have to pay those people and you don't have that advantage anymore. Well, and then that's, that's why I see stuff like, Oh, the Mets broke an SNY record by having like 500,000, 555,000 viewers for a game. And we've talked about it before. Why it's different apples and oranges, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, and I tweeted, like, literally, like, the Blue Jays' spring training opener was, like, in the 400,000s. Like, the, like, like, you know, that that's where that's where the cynic in me comes out and when we start getting into the payroll stuff. And, yeah, and, and then it should and be able to. For sure, yeah, I'll go, like, this is an opportunity. It's just, you know, it, it, again, are you yes. going to squander it for the bullpen, right? Yeah. And that, that it, like, and that's why, that's why leading into the trade deadline, I, I, you know, even though they were talking about big, like big prices, and you know, even though the the farm system obviously is a little bit, uh, a little bit thinned out from the previous trades, and just from where they've been picking, and and you know, the, a lot of the, the talent is is you know farther away. Uh, I leaned heavily into the trade deadline, wrote a lot about it, and wrote about like, okay, like who are like who are they getting? They're going to make a big splash because because the opportunity is so large there, and and uh, it is, I think. It is surprising that they didn't do that, and I, I think I, I feel that there's. I, I, it wouldn't shock me if there's a story about you know moves that just didn't quite come together, uh, and I like I obviously don't know yet, but uh, I think there's that. I think that the vaccine issue probably played into like limiting their pool of players, but uh, but the prospect thing did too. But it does seem I think like Nick, your your analogy with the NFL is bang on, like. And we've talked about this for a long time. Like Vlad and Bo are getting more expensive. I mean, Bo might not, well, the arbitrator might not like Bo's season this year quite as much. But, uh, but like, uh, it like that's that is so so huge. And to not be out there swinging big is a little bit confounding for fans. And then it's too, especially to see, uh, to see it not not work out as well. So in, in the first couple of weeks, and it's it's like it's super easy for people to get down on. On uh, on a sport like where losing happens like forty percent of the time, in the best case scenario, 
Um, so like like that, I think is a factor too. But it it, it is it it'll it will be interesting because they are really uh, they're they're really putting their necks up on the line for this bullpen that does not feel like it's going to be uh, good enough. And uh, uh, Yumi Garcia uh, has been real good. That was that was unfortunate unfortunate pitch selection. I believe Joe Siddle talked about uh, going to the changeup last night. Um, I think he's like I, I think him and Romano are pretty good relievers, but it does it does feel light compared to like good teams bullpens. And man, that would be frustrating if that does ultimately if the thing that we all fucking saw from like day one as a potential undoing undoes them. One thing that I think about from an alternate universe perspective is the level of interest the Blue Jays had in Liam Hendricks. Um, we yeah. had all of all of that that story about him sort of visiting the facility and whatnot. Like, how serious were they there? Um, what was their bid like? And we're not going to know any of that. But you know, we t- we've talked about how like this team has not prioritized the big bullpen arm in terms of being willing to pay big prospect capital for it or being willing to pay for it in free agency. And yet, it seems like they made a genuine effort to get the guy who was at the very top of the market, a guy who would have made an enormous difference uh, in recent years and you know, would give you a lot of peace of mind in terms of like, oh, they've got that absolute stopper at the end there. And I don't know, like if you're Ross Atkins, for instance, and you or Shapiro, whatever, the whole brain trust, and you missed out on Hendricks by, I don't know, half a million a year. And I, I don't know what it is. It could be way more than that. But that must keep you up at night to some extent. Like, oh, that the amount of money I'm paying Rymel Tapia, for instance, like I could have Liam Hendricks for the difference that I wasn't willing to go. Yeah. Uh, it, if not, it should. Yeah. I, I, but also, I mean, we all know I mean, relievers are volatile, a lot of injuries, a lot uh, and I think the fact that they like it seems like they legitimately were really in on him uh, speaks to the fact that they like they recognize to an extent. I think I, it seems to me it's like they're like okay, like the, the the top end of the market. Like there's there's a couple of guys who really you know we think will be consistent and good and can, is are are going to be worth a five year contract or worth a long term deal. Uh, and then they just are not interested at all in the middle, uh, which makes some sense. I think, you know, Kirby Yates probably uh, didn't help dissuade them of those notions. Um, and and they're probably right about it. Like, I mean, they think about it more than I do, I'm sure, Like, but and have, like, teams working on this stuff. But it is it – is, it, 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 it's real. It's real tough. It's real tough to not, to see them not have a Liam Hendricks. Uh, but then, and again, good relievers. But yeah, that would have made a huge difference. You're absolutely right. Okay. Well, on on my little podcast run rundown, I did have Yusei Kikuchi check in round thirty thousand. <laughs> I don't think we have to go super far into it. Uh, it's rough. Like I, I did have some level of optimism. He had those two starts where there was, you know, 10 strikeouts against two walks, some level of competence. Um, you know, the quote from John Schneider, you know, Kikuchi's grinding. He's going to keep getting chances and keep getting a chance to go out there. Hopefully he strings a few together, a few good ones together. Uh, I think a lot of Blue Jays fans would not like to see him string a few starts together. Uh, but tonight was a couple of bad pitches. He's going to get his opportunities uh, you know, I get it right now with Stripling injured. I also get that it'd be pretty hard to throw him back on the injured neck list without uh, getting a lot of scrutiny coming your way. It is getting, yeah, it's getting pretty hard. I'm, I'm starting to feel like Charlie Montoyo here being like, it's getting hard to defend what this guy's doing. And it, it kind of is. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, Joe Siddle is saying he suspects a lot of it's between the ears. That's tough. Like we don't hear as much from Kikuchi just because of the language barrier. So it's harder to know exactly what's going on with him. As a result, I think it's easier for people on the outside to ascribe certain things to him because he doesn't, you know, push back on anything per se. And some of that could be unfair. Um, yeah, I, I hope that he's, you know, doing fine from a mental perspective, but I'm sure what he's going through is challenging right now, but it is. Yeah. It has put the team in a very difficult spot because he's not only inefficient, but he's also, 
like just a true bullpen burner. And it, it's, it's a very odd place to be for a team that has very little margin for error. Sure is. Yeah. It's, uh, man, I, I like, I don't know. Uh, cause we, cause we get into the minutia of stuff and like, I don't know. I, you know, we think about how the front office thinks about things. Like you could go back to that signing and you could understand why they saw, you know, the stuff is really good. If he, you know, he's never really been this guy where he just can't throw, like he just can't throw strikes with his fastball. Like he just like the, like, He's not had you can't you can't draw a line I don't think from from his less than successful to be polite uh, run with the Mariners to like this guy like I don't think the Blue Jays the Blue Jays didn't sign up for this guy there were there's lots that they liked about him uh, and I and I see that and you see that and I think a lot of you know I think our listeners would see that and and like the understand why they went there they the the commitment. Uh, you know, the you're getting a rotation spot not just this year for three years it, is a little bit more difficult to see, uh, especially the longer this lasts and the longer it's you know going to be difficult. But then, like to to the to the folks who are just like, yeah, I'm tuning into the ball game. Oh, this fucking idiot's pitching again. Uh, it looks like a complete fucking disaster. And uh, you know, I. I, I I think that you know I I don't get the anger at, at you know saying that he's going to have to get more chances because they have nobody else and it does sort of behoove them to you know try again and again to like get this sorted out get this fixed but man that is that's a tough one to to say to your fans who are just like watching him get fucking destroyed every time he goes out there which well, not necessarily every time but still it's yeah it's been real bad and yet on the other hand to you know to counter that i don't know stripling they don't think is going to be down too long mitch white's there i don't know that kikuchi's a bullpen guy they don't have any lefties in the bullpen uh i don't i think you're right that i the the neck the neck issue cropping up again would uh would raise the fucking eyebrows but uh but like stripling and white instead of uh, like could be as soon as like a week away at this point, right? As you're, as you're four or five. And that's probably not too bad. Uh, so, I mean, some of the dread is, is, is again, I think the lack of object permanence. And, and it's, it's really about, you know, what, what we've just seen as opposed to like where the team is at in the big picture. But uh, cause it's hard to see, that's hard to see sometimes when you're like flipping on the game for three hours of entertainment. And then that's what you get. Yeah, it is a very difficult situation. Like I'm, I'm pulling for Kikuchi as a as a dude. I also don't think that he's worth totally giving up on. You know, he might just need a clean slate. Like sometimes a guy just has a nightmare season, and I think it, it can happen to pitchers a little bit more easily sometimes than hitters. They just kind of lose something. Um, you know, I think I wouldn't even if he's coming into camp next year. I wouldn't even feel that dreadful about him having a, like a bottom of the rotation spot. It's just, yeah, it is, it's difficult to watch right now. And, you know, we talk about the margins of this team, like they're six and 13 when he starts, you, you know, they, they can't afford to have that high a percentage of their games go that poorly at that percent. And like, that's not purely the starting pitching um, but in his the, case, a lot of it is, though. Yeah, but it, but a lot of it is, and a lot of it is him, you know, giving the bullpen way more work, and the bullpen is the weakness of the team. So even if he's the one who gave up two runs in three point two innings, he put the team in a bad position to win against good teams or whatever. It it's tricky, like you said, that he's got to get more looks for now. Uh, but man. I, yeah, you'd love for there to be another neck thing because I think the, the best possible <laughs> scenario would be to just have him sit on the shelf for the rest of the year. Like, I just don't see him being a valuable contributor right now. And that doesn't mean he's not talented because he is. But, uh, yeah, I, again, like, there's a reason why it says round 30,000 on this, that we had this conversation. Like, it, it the fundamentals of it, rarely seem to change even if the situation around the team does like he's continues to hurt the team the team continues to be in a very tight race and uh it's a tricky one yeah it's true it's very true uh and you know i you know i think people are guilty sometimes of being like and i've, I've already said this a bunch but like of being like 
the last thing I just saw is like like this guy like this bullpen cannot succeed in October. Look at what they did in on one night or you know in one series of Baltimore. Uh, you know I don't I don't I don't subscribe or ascribe whichever uh, to to those kinds of things. I mean I think that you know I, I have questions about the bullpen, but I, you know the the this can this this cannot this cannot be a valuable contributing part of this. Uh, of this thing they're doing. Uh, sometimes I think it's a bit weird. Sometimes I think it's a bit like finger pointy and angry and, and in the moment, eh, Kikuchi's getting this is uh, maybe I was going to say, get to that point. And I'm like, no, I think we're at that point where it is just like, I, 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 I sort of looked at, and I mapped out, I think in a piece, like when he first went down with the neck, the quote unquote neck injury, like, Okay, well, the, he could be on a rehab assignment for 30 days, so that'll get him like almost to September, and then, and then they didn't do it, and then he was just he was just not. I was like, they should banish this guy for as long as possible and give him a ton of minor league starts. And obviously, like, this is and the the indictment of the team is you know twofold here, and this is why people get angry about it. And I think they're they're not wrong. Is that not only is this a weird signing? And I think that you're like, I mean, you're right that, that I wouldn't be uncomfortable with him coming back. I think that the stuff is good enough that they can figure something out with him. I don't think that it like, this is what he will always be. Cause it is, this is new for him. Uh, lack of success isn't, um, but they haven't developed any pitching, right? Like they don't have, they don't have even a Mitch white. They have to go out and trade for a Mitch white to like come in and, and do that. And that's, you know, as an organization, you want to, you know, you want to be there. And, and I think they hoped at one point, like Anthony Kay and Thomas Hatch, those kind of guys were going to be their Mitch Whites. Uh, and that just hasn't materialized. And that's, that, that to me is even like the, the, the failing that needs to be questioned even more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that is a nice grim note to end on today. We <laughs> ran a little bit longer than usual, but there's a lot of bad vibes to sift through. Uh, as has been the case, we will get back to you again on Sunday. I believe that's right, Stone. Last time I gave you the wrong advice. We'll be back on Sunday. So there is time for the Blue Jays to um, right the ship a little bit, and maybe it'll be a different feeling next time you hear from us. All right. Thanks very much, everybody. <laughs>